Hey friends, we're so glad that you've chosen to tune into this podcast from Revival Fires today. We pray that this message brings you closer to Jesus. We'd love to host you at our regular Sunday morning meetings, 10.30 a.m. in Dudley. Also check out our website for our upcoming events. We look forward to welcoming you to our next event. All right, here we go. Here is the message. One of the things that I've done and made it a point this year is that I've got 365 pages. They're all clean. Eight of them now have got something written on them. And so every morning I turn a page. And and as I turn the page, there are things new to write on. So as I'm going through and reading through the word, I'm asking God for new things to put on the page. And it is amazing how much revelation you can get. I believe there is a word for every situation you're in that can open it up to a place of freedom. And the the thing is, the word is listening for the voice of God. But I believe that this year, the, the word that I've been carrying is that people who make a difference and um, I say people because I don't want to make it gender specific but I'll probably flip into you know a man who made a difference and uh, and I want to really focus it around the the life of Noah and you heard me talk a few weeks ago about Noah and he found favor with God but listen to what it says here And see how God works according to patterns. See, God has a pattern for your life. It's different to the person next to you. Aren't you pleased about that? But God has a pattern. God works to patterns and to forms. And I'll show that as I minister to you this morning. And it says here... It said that he, the, the Lord, it said the Lord saw how great men's wickedness was on the earth. Not a good reading. And, and had become, and every inclination of the thoughts of his heart was evil all the time. That's not a good picture, is it? Huh? God is a realist. I love God because he just says it as it is. And he's not worried about what you think about it. You know, the, the whole thing, Sharon was, came out with a phrase this week. And she said that God doesn't need our fame to make him look good. Have you got that? God doesn't need us to be famous so that he looks good. He is already good. And once we start to take that sense of fame, let me tell you, God begins to move you out of the way so that he can come back center stage. And so it says here, every inclination of his heart was evil all the time. The Lord was grieved that he had made man on the earth and his heart was filled with pain. So the Lord says, I'm going to wipe out all mankind whom I have created from the face of the earth. Men, animals, creatures that move along the ground, the birds of the air, for I am grieved that I have made them. But Noah, 
found favour. See, the pattern is this. Where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. And here, this picture, you see a pattern. Here, God is saying, look, this is how the situation is, but grace can overcome all of that and make this incredible leap. And in this leap, you have a man by the name of Noah who made a difference. I want you to know this morning that every person here can make a difference. I do not believe when God spoke to Noah. You see, often we talk, don't we? We talk about Enoch. Enoch walked with God and God took him. And we use that and we talk about, you know, moving in the revelatory realms, moving into the um, courts of heaven. And so there's this sense where he walked with God. And as he walked with God, God lifted him up into a new place. And so he would rather stay in that place and stay, than stay in this place. And yet with Noah, do you know it says the same words? Noah walked with God, but God didn't take him. Why? Because God was going to make a difference. See, God wants to make a difference in the world. That's your sphere of influence. He wants to make a difference through you. And the enemy is so focused on taking you out of that place so you no longer make a difference. See, what is the difference that God wants to make with your life in this coming year? He says, it's a year of freedom, 2023, the year to break free. It's a great slogan, but if we get to the end of the year and we're still as bound as we were, having had all the words that we receive, let me tell you, it's of no effect. We may as well have burnt these on day one. And so here, Noah made a difference. Why? Because grace abounded. Listen, in every situation that you're finding yourself this morning, I want you to know that there is a grace for you to abound so that you make a difference. As I said last week, difference is always about comparisons. You know, the difference between light and day. It's a difference. It's a comparison. The difference between this person and that person. The difference between that church and this church. See, there's all these comparisons. And so God wants to do something that is different. He doesn't want it to be all the same. He doesn't want it to be the little pastry cutter. I use English terms rather than American terms. You know, the pastry cutters. And so you make everything the same. And so here... Do you want to make a difference? Because only you can decide that. You see, you have found, if you know the Lord Jesus Christ, let me tell you, you found favour. The grace of God is found. It's not by works, it's by grace, through faith, that we've been saved. And so here with Noah, he walked with God, a man who made a difference. Do you know what his name means? His name means rest. Wow! And yet... As you look at the people up to Noah, Noah was the biggest project worker. He, was the, he had the largest project going in terms of his ark that he was building, and yet his name means rest. Now the thing is, there's some interesting things that we need to glean from all of this. His father was Lemech. Lemek means powerful, but God isn't interested in your power. 
God's not interested in what you can do for him. He wants you to come into a place of rest. Then you can make a difference. See, because he who has entered into God's rest, as he entered into a rest, has ceased from his own works. So how exhausted are you? How fatigued are you? Let me tell you, it is an indicator that you are a Lemech, that you are operating in your own power. Do you see Noah, we never find Noah, in terms of his physical being or his well-being, he speaks of a man of rest because God is going to make a difference. See, he who has entered into his rest has ceased from his own works. Did you know, Lemek, do you know how many years he lived for? These are things that you find as you turn the page every day. You'll get them just the same. There's nothing special. It's Holy Spirit who brings a revelation. But it says he lived for 777 years. And that's a great indicator because what did Jesus say to Peter when he says, how many times must I forgive? Seven times, 77 And so God uses Lemech as a pattern of forgiveness. Because if there is forgiveness, God will, no matter how evil man's inclinations are, God is a God who will bring forgiveness. And when you know his forgiveness and his grace comes upon you, you realize that you're in a place of rest. Hallelujah. And so God wants you to rest. This is a year to rest, to cease from your work. That doesn't mean to say you're not going to work, but your work now is going to be focused on the purpose that God has for you to make a difference. That's a whole different thing. And so what is it that he's got for you? I believe this year is a year of change. It's a year of writing a new page, the page that came down. He says, I'm turning the page. Have you seen God turn your page? Because he's going to put something new on. Have you seen a clean page or do you just want to keep filling it up with the past mistakes or the past things that you've done? God wants to do something new. It had never happened before. What is about to take place with Noah, it's never happened before. Yes, there were rivers, I suppose. There were boats that people had built. It wasn't, you know, totally out of the extraordinary because there were rivers. And, you know, people are quite ingenious people. And they will think of things to do to get from this side of the river to that side of the river. Or they may find a place where if they go fishing in the river, they would need a little platform to stay on so they could do fishing. So I'm quite sure that there were boats being built of some structure. And yet when God says build a boat, an ark, it's totally beyond anything that had ever happened before. In fact, I don't believe that there was a river which could cause it to float. See, see, it's not that God just causes something to be change totally he just says okay you've got this far that's is good that's good that's your works you've done that really good yeah it floats that one over there sinks a little bit but yours floats but now I want you to enter into my rest why because I'm prepared to do what I said I would do 
Lord, how many times must I forgive? Seven, seven times seven? See, how many of you are living a life of unforgiveness? Let me tell you, you're stunted. You will never enter into rest. You will not move on in what God wants you. You will not be able to make a difference if you're walking in unforgiveness. Oh, but I can't forgive them. You, you don't understand what they did to me. Yes, I do. People do nasty things to people, don't we? And so here, you know, Peter says, Lord, how many times must I forgive my brother? He thinks he's, he thinks he's doing a great work here. Seven times seven. What? No. Seventy times seven. Meaning there is no limit. And then here God says, Alemek, powerful, he's going to produce a son named Noah, restful. Because I'm moving you from powerful to restful. Because just like his life speaks of the long levity of forgiveness. Wow. And we think that we can hold something against somebody else? You're kidding yourself. And you know the person who it hurts the most? Yourself. That's who hurts. Because the person who hurt you doesn't even think about you. But you think about them. So we need to get hold of this truth. If we're going to walk in a new place of freedom, 2023 is the year to break free. Let me tell you, we're going to need to move into a new level, or can I put it, a new experience, that we don't keep incrementing, a new experience of forgiveness. Just like Reed Lemex, 70. 777 years. And Jesus says to Peter, when he says, Lord, I'm doing pretty good. You know, seven times seven, Jesus said, no, no, no. That's not forgiveness. Forgiveness is this, 70 times seven. You find the same numbers written up in Daniel. And again, the 70 weeks of seven. And so again, you have this because God is always wanting to give us an opportunity. Why not 2023? That there's enough people here to make a difference. To make a difference in incredible ways. But you see, it's not about the powerful. It's not about how big the, the platforms. It's not about how many opportunities you get. It's about doing what God's called you to do. That's it. And walking, first of all, in grace. Because you're walking in his forgiveness. See, if we do not forgive other people their sins, that first reference is in Matthew chapter 18. I think it's verse 22. Jesus said again in Matthew chapter 6, and he talks there about the Lord's Prayer. And he says, forgive your debtors as you are also forgiven. Because if you don't forgive people their sins, neither will your heavenly Father forgive you your sins. You see, 
Forgiveness doesn't let them off the hook. It lets you off the hook. Do you understand that? See, it lets you walk in freedom. It's not saying that what they did is okay because I forgive them. And it's like it never happened. No, it did happen. But you choose to give them, as John Arnott would say, the gift that they don't deserve. Now let me ask you, how deserving are you of God's forgiveness? Anybody here deserving of God's forgiveness? No? Well then, let me tell you, I hope nobody shouted yes. I'll have to do some counseling afterwards. See, we are undeserving in terms of our lifestyles. But we're deserving because of his lifestyle. Just like Ryan spoke last week, where he gave Anna his result of the racing. He got it, but he was prepared for her to take all the credit of his work. And so too with us, we take all of the blessing that Jesus obtained for us. See, forgiveness, I want you to get hold of this. Because if we're going to be men and women of difference, we're going to be men and women of forgiveness. If you don't forgive, your heavenly father won't forgive you. And if he wouldn't forgive you, let me tell you, your sins still stand against you. Let's not start doing a whole lot of super spiritual gymnastics. Do you know what I mean? Where we try and move things around. That's what Jesus said. And I'd rather take Jesus to his word than anybody here trying to tell me. that. Well, it didn't quite say that. Well, you know, in my Bible, it says that. If you do not forgive, neither will you be forgiven. I mean, you can't. Maneuver that around. What is it saying is this. Freely you've received. If you've received forgiveness, then you're at a place where, could I say, you are obligated to forgive. Because of what you've experienced, you're just allowing someone else to experience through you what you have experienced with God. Wow. And so for us. See, we're moving from the powerful to the restful. Why? Because God wants you and me to make a difference. And how does he make the difference? See, by us receiving his grace. Nothing more, nothing less. You will not do anything for God outside of his grace. Grace began the work, grace continues it, and grace will complete it. Not all the blood of beasts on Jewish altars slain could give the guilty conscience peace or wash away his stain. But Christ, the spotless lamb, takes all our sin away. A sacrifice of sweeter worth, of nobler name than they. Isn't that wonderful? See, that's what it is.
And when you've experienced that, you know, it's like these words. See, sometimes we need to get back to singing some of the richness. A debtor to mercy alone. Of covenant mercy I sing. Nor fear to draw near to the throne. My person and offering to bring. The wrath of a sin-hating God with me will have nothing to do. My Savior's obedience to blood hides all my transgressions from view. Give him praise. Make a difference. That's the difference that you can make. You have access to a throne that has a king who is all powerful upon it. And he will commission you to go and do something where you make a difference in people's lives. Where things will be different just because you show up. Hallelujah. How many people are going to show up tomorrow? Well, there's a few. I hope by the end of it, everybody here said, Jesus, I'm showing up. I've had enough. I want to be like a Noah. I want to enter into rest. So you see, we don't, we're not getting anything from our works. Our works just says, Lord Jesus, I'm just taking on plan and the purpose that you had for my life. That's it. I'm just taking it on. And so all that I've accomplished because... The plans of the Lord stand firm forever, so you will accomplish things. It will be that I can present these to you when I come before your throne. And when I will be judged according to everything that I've done. And out of that, I will lay all these things down before you and say, Jesus, this is what I offer to you because you gave me the responsibility for them. And so they're not mine. They're yours. So would you receive all the praise? Because I could have never done it without your plan and without your power working in me. Isn't that amazing? I mean, come on. We need to get back to some very fundamental things. God works to a pattern. You think this world is in a mess? Listen, it's in an awful mess. Do you think this nation's in a mess? I have never known in 70 years of life, I have never known a nation like our nation at the moment. Never known it. Never known all the stuff that is going on, the bickering, the criticism that goes on, the accusation, counter-accusation, the striking, the opposing the strikes, all of these things. I want more and you want more and everybody wants more and there's not enough for everybody to get more. Hello? Anybody think we had a never-ending resource? Let me tell you, resources are limited. Why? Because only God is unlimited. And so he puts a benchmark in and it says, up to this point, you can do whatever you like. But after that point, let me tell you, you're going to need me. So better to put the point down here so then you get what he has for you a lot quicker. Huh? 
I mean, a man came to our door the last week to read the meter. I mean, I don't know how all this works. He read our meter because of the gas and the electricity, read the meter, sent us a bill, put the bill up to 300 pounds a month, and then says, by the way, you've got a a thousand pound refund. I mean, I'm thinking, well, why didn't you just sort it out at the beginning? You got a thousand pound refund. So all the excess we paid, we didn't need to pay it because they've just given it all back. I'm thinking, this is crazy. I mean, even with my little knowledge of maths, I mean, I could work that one out. You know, And so here, see, everybody is wanting. And so this man said to me, aren't you pleased that the P over the road, they stopped all that new development? I said, no, not really. He said, why? He said, you could have had criminals there. I thought, I'll keep my mouth closed at this point. <laughs> and, and he said, you could, you, could have criminal, you could have people who are coming out of prison. And I said, listen, I enjoy living in this village. And why should I oppose other people wanting to enjoy what I enjoy? Yeah. Yeah. He said, I haven't heard anybody talk like that before. <laughs> you see? Because everybody wants to attack somebody else. And what I've got, I've got to protect it. We haven't. See, Noah... He could walk in rest. And as he walks in rest, let me tell you, um, Ryan said those four things last week, came out of our discussions together. And um, how, did he, how did he move and make a difference? Forgiveness. Get hold of that. Let this be a year where you walk in forgiveness. If you're struggling with forgiveness, see somebody. And get them to help you walk through forgiveness. Because it isn't, forgiveness isn't about your will. Lord, make me willing to forgive. Let me tell you, your will has got nothing to do with it. It's your heart. See, unless a man forgives from his heart. Why? Because where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. Out of our hearts flows a wellspring of life or a cesspit. It's out of your heart. It's not out of your mind. It's out of your heart. That is your seat of government in your life. And so here, if you struggle with what people have done to you, what you may have done to other people, we don't like to talk about that much, but some people are under great condemnation because of what they've done. We had a word this morning. God was walking amongst us, breaking chains of self-condemnation, self-criticism. That's when you think you haven't done enough. And I may talk about that in a moment. But here we move from forgiveness to a simple word called obedience. I mean, how good is God? It isn't about how complicated we can make it, but it's about how clear we can make it. And so here with Noah, he was a man in a place of rest. And from that place of rest, 
He walked in obedience. And you walk in obedience because God speaks. And when he speaks, you're prepared to put down what you were doing and start doing what he has called you to do. Do I need to make it any more simple? And listen to what happens here. It says... Noah was a righteous man, blameless amongst the people of his time. Why? Because he found favor. Not because of what he did. It's because of his favor. And it goes on now. The earth was corrupt in God's sight, full of violence. God saw the corruption. Then he goes on. I won't keep repeating it. And so God said to Noah. In the midst of all of this, God's voice is heard. Let me just tell you this. I wasn't going to, but I'm going to tell you because this is how simple it is. Our little granddaughter, Willow. And I'll mention her name. Our little granddaughter, Willow. We were talking a couple of weeks ago. I think Ryan or Anna was talking about hearing God's voice. And she says, Grandpa, I never hear God's voice. So um, I said, well, when you come over next time, I said... um, I'll teach you how to hear hear God's voice. So a couple of weeks had gone by, and she came over, I think, um, not this week, but last week. So she came over to see us, and as soon as she comes in, she runs up to me. She says, Grandpa, can we do it today? I said, do what, precious? She said, can you teach me how to hear God's voice in your little room? That's what she calls my study. Because the children, they can run about our house as much as they want, but they don't run into that room. And they've learned that, you see. They don't run into that room. They don't even come in unless they're invited to come in. Now, I haven't set those rules. It's just what they do. And so, can we go in that little room? So I said, yeah, we'll go over there. So we... She comes in and uh, we sit in. I said, I, I usually sit in this chair. Do you want to come and sit by me? She said, yes. So this is it. This is, I'll teach you how to hear the voice of God this morning. You can do it when you get home, okay? So she sat by the side. I said, okay, I just want to close your eyes. I want to paint a little picture for you so you can see it inside here. So I said, do you see the beach? She said, yes. I said, there's a boat there. And there's some fishermen in the boat. Can you see that? She said, yes, I can see it in here, Grandpa. And, um, and I said, Jesus is walking up to the boat. And he wants to tell the fishermen something. So listen, and you'll hear him speak. So she listened for a little while. And I said, has he said anything? She says, yes, Grandpa. I said, what did he say? I haven't suggested anything, only that the fishermen and the boat... And Jesus, that's all I've suggested. And she said, he's telling them that if they will look to him, he will help them catch bigger fish. Wow. That's pretty good. I said, that's wonderful, Willow. I said, now, I want you to sit on your stairs at home. So sit on your stairs, because I know you're the first up in the morning. She's a little bit like me. So you sat on the stairs, and Jesus is walking up the stairs. And, uh, and he stops, and he looks at you, and he wants, you, wants to say something to you. 
Now, I haven't asked Ellie about this, but I will ask for preacher's liberty this morning, Ellie. Okay? Uh, but it's a wonderful story. And I want this to be your story too. So she's there, and she, she said, yes, I can see him. And she didn't describe him. And I said, is he saying anything? And she said, yes. And she said, I said, what's he saying to you? I haven't said anything. So there's no suggestion, power of suggestion. She says these words. I want you to know, Willow, that you're a very special daughter to your mommy. Wow. That's good, isn't it? Huh? But more is to come. I said, well, he wants to come up another step closer to you. And so we wait a little while, and I said to her, well, I didn't say to her, she's looking at me, tapping me, Grandpa, he said something else. I said, so what's he said? He said that I'm very precious, and that if I hold his hand and follow him, he will keep me safe. And you struggle to hear the voice of God. Do you know why you struggle? Because you make it all complicated. Well, this is me. This is this internal thought. This is my imagination. See, a little girl, Grandpa, will you teach me how to hear Jesus speak? Yes, I will. This is how he does it. And so now she sits on the stairs in the morning to listen to Jesus speaking to her. She hasn't got books how to hear the voice of God. She's got an experience. And let me tell you, experience always wins over books. Because books goes in here, experience is here. Give him praise. And listen. I say that because there's lots of grandmas and grandpas in here. You need to do the same. And then not only that now, but I've got, I've got a queue. I've got a queue of people now wanting me to teach them how to hear God's voice like Willow. And the queue isn't people in the church. I've told you how to do it. You can go ahead and do it. But they're children. They're all my, all my Elliot's children are all sort of lining up saying, Grandpa, next time I come over, can you take me in your little room and do the same for me? Because <laughs> it comes out of relationship. It doesn't come out of a book. Relationship. You will get them to hear incredible things of what God's got to say to them. And so hear obedience. So God said, that was the word I'll get into. God said, Noah, I'm going to put an end to all the people who live on the earth. So, here it is, make yourself an ark. Wow. What's that, Lord? See, sometimes when God speaks, it carries the explanation within it. Make yourself an ark of cypress wood. Make rooms in it 
and coat it with pitch inside and out. This is how you are to build it. The ark is to be, it gives the dimensions. Then it says, make a roof for it and finish the ark within. And it says, put a door in the side and make a lower, middle, and upper deck pattern. If you go to Ezra chapter 6, when they're rebuilding the temple, it says there to lay the foundations, the three, the lower, the middle, and the upper. See, God works to a pattern. When he put us together, do you know what he said? We are body, soul, and spirit. So therefore, the foundations of our life needs to touch every area. If it doesn't touch, if our obedience doesn't touch every area, it's deficient. There's something missing. And so God, when he speaks to us, he may speak to us physically, or he may speak to us in our spirit, or he may speak to us through our emotions. You see, don't limit God to how he speaks. Let him speak. He put you together, so therefore, he can get through to you. Hallelujah. And so here, he speaks to him, and what he needs is simple obedience. That's all simple obedience. So how am I supposed to do it? Sharon and I were talking. And you see, the thing that we want to do is we start to, well, how many, how many pounds of nails do I need? How many planks of wood? Where am I going to get all the cypress from? Because it doesn't grow around here. Who am I going to get to plane all the wood? Look, I can't do all this. I'm, and so we go through it and we explain everything away. Don't we? And put on that, the people, what are you doing? And I won't go into all of that. There's plenty of people who spoke about People who say, what are you doing? What are you building an ark for? It hasn't even rained. And you're talking about it's going to flood all the rest of it. Yeah, there's all those things. But simple obedience. Let me tell you, I got born again. And probably this time of year, I was in a basement making some um, wooden, um, it was a, a wooden plaque. And, um, and when I was in the basement, the Lord spoke to me and told me that I would be a minister of his word. As clear as that. He told me I'd be a minister of his word. And uh, I told somebody, and they said, well, that's, you're going to need to go into training, da-da-da-da-da, and all the other. And, uh, and then another leader came up to me and said to me, I've got a word from God for you. Let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. Because I'd been praying for people. And people had been getting filled with the Holy Spirit. And I mean, I was only a Christian four or five months. October the 4th to about this time of year, January. Yeah, just a few months. And he says, take heed. Let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. I'm the one who prays for people to receive Holy Spirit, not you. And... Um, you see, and sometimes you just have to ignore leaders like that. You know? And if I ever become a leader like that, ignore me. <laughs> and um, you see, because you can't, you can't stop the flow of the Holy Spirit. So what the young men coming into this center, that I was one of the young men who'd gone into the center, would come to me 
after the lights had gone out, so 10.30, and they would say, um, can you do what you were doing with the other people? And they had that funny language, because I want to speak in that language. And so it still carried on. Can you see? And it's all we need is to be simple in our obedience. Because there will always be people who will try and confuse and make it complicated, put themselves above you and put you down. And so, you know, another time when, you know, I was, I was one of those who left school. And uh, I left school at the age of 15. And I was 15 just two weeks before I left school. So I was 14, 14th of July. And... Um, no, a week later, I left school. I didn't have a qualification to my name. Um, and people, often there may be people, here God's told you to do something. Listen, I am not against qualifications. I've got qualifications since then. But when God speaks to you, he's not interested in how powerful you are. He's not interested about your power of intellect. He's not interested in your emotional steel, what you can put up with, the weight that you can carry. He's not interested in your physical. He's interested in you. And so with that, I left school and I worked and took Sharon to walk around it a few weeks ago in Stourport, a place called um, Corbett's. They were... Um, Larch laps. You know the larch lap fencing? Well, they made larch laps, and I was learning how to be. I mean, they make it fine um, stories, Richard. They were learning, teaching me how to be a saw doctor. I mean, what on earth is a saw doctor? How to sharpen and look after saws. And that's what they called it. And they call them the saw doctor and the person who looks after the trees. You know what they call them? Tree surgeons. So it's not only Richard who's a doctor. I've done both of them. So I'm a surgeon and a doctor. You know? But not for very long. But you see, but the thing is this. See, simple obedience. So I left school without any qualifications and God can get you into the right place. I remember applying to go to Bible school and they wanted all your qualifications, all the things, you, and of course I've got none. And uh, there's not really much um, need for a person who's qualified as a plasterer in a Bible college. Do you understand? And so here, I, well, I've been plastering and I could lay floors and, you know, put up ceilings. Um, but what qualifications have you got? And so there were no qualifications. And two of the people, Sharon would know the people of our, our peers at that time, they also applied, one had applied to um, Cape and Rain, the other had applied to Spurgeon's, and they were waiting for their results of whether they'd been accepted. And here I am, and I was the first to hear back that I'd been accepted in the Bible College of Wales. I mean, listen, I was walking on air. Do you understand? And not only that, because God had got me to a place that he said I would be a minister where I needed to be trained. See, don't ever think that you are not enough. With God, you are always more than enough. 
And he will open doors that you never thought could be open to you. And so don't ever put yourself down. Don't go in that word this morning, self-criticism. Is all you need is simple obedience. You know, I did, I did Greek. I had not got the slight, I don't know what they taught me at school or probably the times I went to school, what they taught me in school regarding English. I think I mentioned it before. This is what, I want you to get hold of this simple obedience. So to get into the Greek class, you needed to know the eight parts of a sentence. I hadn't got a clue. And some of you looking at me thinking, what on earth is that? Yeah, you forgot as well. You know. But they let me in to the Greek class. But with that, I also had to learn all the English that went with it. And so all these things, I tell you this, because there are people here and God has put something in your heart. Listen, young men, young women, why shouldn't you go planting churches? Why shouldn't you develop ministries, write books, start businesses? Come on, forget the seven mountains. Focus in on what God has called you and put in your heart because in that place he wants you to be an influence. And he will get you to the place where you can be the influence and make a difference with those people. And so you don't have to know which mountain you're on. And if you're on a mountain, get off. And get into God's presence. Noah, would you build me an ark? And he must have said, yes, Lord, because the rest of the story tells it. Simple obedience. Are you with me? And so here, and Noah did all that the Lord commanded him to do. Didn't say Noah did half. It said Noah did all. See, simple obedience leads you to be speedy in your obedience, in your response. Don't hold back. God has put something in your heart. Go for it. Listen, we are too big here to be kicking around and not seeing ministries birthed. Not seeing businesses attempted. Listen, I can't tell you it's going to be successful. But if you don't step out, you'll never know. And so, why shouldn't it be you? Why shouldn't it be you that sets up a ministry that touches people's lives? What about a ministry in this day, this age, for your generation, that releases them into a place of forgiveness? Why couldn't it be you? Why does it always have to be the John Arnott's and others that we all look up to? God is looking down. We're looking up, but God's looking down. And he wants to choose you. Those of you here are still at school. Those of you here in education. Don't let your education define you. Find out what God wants for you. And then just do it. And that's not a slogan from Nike. Just begin to step out. It takes time. Listen, for this ark to be built, it would have taken time. It didn't happen in a week. But he did everything that God told him to do. And then when he finished, God says, listen, this is how simple it is. God says to him, Noah, it's time for you to 
and your family, eight people, it's time for you to go into the ark. Wow. Not, well, how's this thing going to float, God? He didn't know. It's time for you to go into the ark. And then it says, and the Lord shut them in. How simple is that? It's time for you to go in. And if you go in, I'll shut the door. Keep you in that place. And then later, do you know what God says? It's time for you to come out. And he came out of the ark. He said to him, I want you to take in two of every kind. But of the clean animals, I want you to take in seven. Thinking, can somebody work that out? But you know why? See, we ask all the questions, but Noah didn't ask questions. Because when he came out, he sacrificed. And if he'd have sacrificed animals that had, he hadn't taken seven of each pair in, they would have been extinct. Because they were the animals of sacrifice. So God allowed him to take more in because when he came out, the first thing he did was build an altar and worship the Lord. See, how, how complicated is that? Simple, speedy, sacrificial obedience. Let me tell you another story. And that is, some of you have heard it, but testimony stirs things up. We were... Very content. We had tremendous ministry working with people with addictions. And one week, or one day, God said to us, through a dream, let me just say, I had a dream. I was in a castle, went down some steps, walked along the tunnel, and came out at, on this waterfront. And I spoke to someone, I had a dream last night. Don't quite understand what it is. I was in this castle, went down these steps, walked along this tunnel and came out at the waterfront. The person um, said to me, um, that's Dudley. We were in Telford then. So that's Dudley. And there's, a, there's a steps that goes down to the water, the canal network under, the, under Dudley from the castle. And it leads to the waterfront. Phoned up a friend of mine, Steve Hepton, and um, said, hey, Steve, I think me and Sharon are on the move. And we hadn't said anything to anybody. And he said to me, so where are you moving to, Dudley? He said, I don't know why I said that. He said, don't sort of, don't take, read anything into that. I said, oh, I'm reading everything into it. You see? And then Anna was in um, Toronto at the school. And she was coming back. So this was on the Saturday morning. She was coming back on the Monday. And so on the Saturday after we talked, um, we phoned up an estate agent. We said, could you come round to our house and could you put a value on it? So they came round to our house, valued it. And on the Monday they come and they wanted to put the for sale sign upon it. Speedy obedience. And with that then, um, we said, no, you can't come on Monday because we didn't want Anna coming home, having been away for six months, 
I'm thinking, what on earth are mom and dad doing now? You know, houses for sale. Where am I going to live? And so we waited for her to come home. And we said to her, we just said to her, what I've said to you. And she said, that's great. Let's go for it. And so we called them. And when Anna got home, later in the day, the stage agent came, stuck his thing in the ground, and it was for sale. Can you see? Speedy obedience. But it's also sacrificial because we gave up that home in order to buy the grace center grace center was a place where we started the ministry see often you just have to do what god tells you to do and there is a sacrifice that's connected to it and the sacrifice is that in terms of your home in terms of family all of those things in terms of, you know, the, the place where you're moving from to financial sacrifice, all of those things. But let me tell you, it's worth it all. It is worth it all. Don't allow sacrifice to stop you. Sacrifice and offerings, Lord, you didn't desire. But a body you prepared for me I delight to do your will so that leads me to the last thing with obedience the last thing with obedience is celebratory see our obedience should be celebratory we should celebrate that we're walking having heard God every nail that Noah knocked in God this is a hallelujah nail this is a praise the Lord nail this is another nail of glory, you know. This is another plank that I'm putting into place. It's a glory plank and it starts to grow, starts to get bigger, starts to develop. See, I want you to get hold of something. Don't just go through this year listening to sermons and another sermon, another sermon and not put anything into place in your life. Start living a life of obedience to the voice of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's well able to speak to every single one of you. Well able to, if you will give him time. If you don't give him time, he won't speak. I can guarantee that. But if you give him time, he will speak. Say, Jesus, come and sit with me here. Would you speak to me like you speak to a little girl? Speak to me. Because I want to come back to that childlike faith. That when you say that you speak to us, you do speak to us. And so here, see, listen to what God says. Listen to what he says. And then do it. We've been talking for the last three years about succession. That is passing on. About We didn't know how it was going to work. And yeah, there were tensions, there were struggles and strife, all those things. But you see, when you know you're in the right place, you can work through all those things. And don't think it's just that you know, it was plain sailing. I mean, no. I didn't grab him round the collar, pull his chain off and throw him on the floor as some people have done that we've heard over the last week, you know. But there was tensions. There was tensions of you say, but you haven't done. 
And but you said, and you haven't, and you say, and I say, all of those things. But we've been talking through things, and sometimes you get to a point where you, you talk so much you don't know what you've talked about. And it got to a point. And then God speaks. What does he say, Trevor? You have finished, as Moses finished the work on the tabernacle, so you have finished the work with regard to the church. Phone them up, speedy obedience. You have to get hold of this. Phone them up, got something to tell you. That it's over to you. I have finished the ministry of the church here. I don't know what God's got for me, but I know that you're to be the lead pastors. So from this point on, I won't be an interferer, but I will help you with my ability to oversee things. But an overseer doesn't give the directions. God gives directions, not yours truly. And so with what they're doing, let me tell you, they are hearing from God for themselves. They're not listening to me, and so they're an extension of me. They're listening to God, and they're extending God's kingdom. Understand? That's why they can be lead pastors, because they have the pastoral responsibility. For me, I carry a different responsibility, and that is I carry the weight of the word. Or the oracle of God, as our friend Kent Maddox said, the pastor carries the weight of the people. You carry the weight of the burden of the Lord. It's to totally different. Can you see? But you have to move together. And so find, you see, Noah, he had eight people. And that's all that was required, eight people. When we moved into Dudley, we had eight people. That was all we needed. Look what God's done. Can you see? I want you to get hold of it because we heard just like Noah and he's still speaking today. What is he speaking to you? Who are you connected with? You know, don't go through all of this. We could have left, you know, I don't know why we're still here. Listen, if you're asking that question, why am I still here? It's time for you to go. Because I haven't got time to convince you. You should have heard God. And if God has spoken to you, then shut the door to all those negative voices. Do you understand? Shut it. Don't need to say to somebody, oh, there's this or there's that. I could have, you know, I didn't like this. I could have done that. I don't know why I'm still here. Well, neither do I. But you see, but if God has told you, if you've heard God, why would you ever say, it's time for me to move on. Why would you ever say that? If God has told you, do you know what you're doing? Disobedience. It's simple. Simple, simple, simple. Hallelujah. And so for us, last point, could have gone to lots more, but last point. Obedience, go in, shuts the door. Come out, he opens the door. And God releases a fresh wind. See, because it's a new page. When he comes out, the world is not like it was when he went in. And it says, and 
there was a wind. I think it's in chapter 8, verse 2. There was a wind. Do you know what that word there is for wind? Ruach. Do you know where you find ruach? Chapter 1. See a pattern. See, God works to patterns. So he doesn't, he's not fickle. He didn't do it one way and then change. And do, he works to a pattern. So he was doing something new. He calls the Spirit of God began. says the Ruach of God began to hover. In chapter 8, it says, And the wind, the Ruach of God, began to blow. And as it began to blow. See, all this will come out as you spend time in his word. Same word that he, he breathed in. He, he breathed the Ruach of God. In Man became a living being. Now God is breathing life into this new page in the history of mankind. Why? Because Noah made a difference. So for you this morning, do you want to make a difference? Simple obedience. See, what does God put in your heart? What does he put in your heart? Think I've done everything. What does he put in? What's your prayer life like? Do you know, for most of you, I think your prayer life is like an insurance policy. You know, you pray, God, I hate this situation that I'm in. Can you please get me out of it? Lord, I've got this problem here. Can you please provide for me so I can get out of this situation? What about if God wanted you in it to change it? Huh? You know, so we, we use prayer as an insurance policy. Or we've got it as our, our recovery service. You know, like the AA. You know, we treat prayer like that. I'm broken down. I need you to recover me. I need you to come and collect me. But that's how we use prayer. And we need to come back to the place of prayer where, Lord, here I am. Would you speak? Because I want to hear you. Lord, I am in terrible straits. Lord... I am in a place of lack. Lord, I am feeling totally bereft. Lord, I just see problems coming against me and I don't know how to overcome them. But Lord, I know if I hear you, I can go through this because I know that in this situation, you have strategically placed me so that I can make a difference amen so that's what he wants so your prayer needs to change get rid of your burn burn your prayer insurance policies get rid of them get rid of your recovery service credentials or insurance policy see we we try and put all these around us and god says i want you in it because I want you to make a difference. And so this morning, God wants to fill you again with fresh hope. We've had that with singing the songs. But I remind you, see it was spoken here years ago. But some people put it into place and other people don't. I want to be one of those that puts things into place. Do you remember when Lance was here and, um, and he talked about, used it on the, the board, and he talked about the prophetic promise. See, the prophetic promise to Noah was, Noah, build an ark, because I'm going to flood the earth, but I want you to go in and be safe. 
And then you're going to come out. And when you come out, I'm going to make a new covenant with you. I mean, what a God. And, and I'm going to give you signs. An external sign. So that when you see that, you know I'm not going to do that. See, God works to a pattern. And so, with that, he talked about prophetic promise, which gives us vision. Remember that? And so, it gives you vision so that you need to clarify your vision. But you see, at the same time as you're clarifying your vision, you need to also get fresh passion. And so, your passion has to go up. Why? Because a man's passion, a man's appetite for the things of God is what drives him on. That's what Proverbs says. A man's appetite drives him on. So you need passion. You've got no passion. And I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about being loud-mouthed. I'm talking about passion. Something burns within you. And you may not even be loud, but it burns within you. And because it's burning within you, it's gripped you. And nothing and no one. Yeah, there may be delays. Noah was delayed. It didn't just happen. He was in there a year. Could you imagine that? A year. And he went from whatever he was doing to looking after cattle, sheep, oxen, all these animals. But also, you see, with prophetic promise... And passion, it releases you into mission and ministry. Without passion, without vision from the prophetic promise, you never get to ministry. See, what's God put in you? When I say ministry, let's get out of this secular spiritual. God has called you into business. God has called you to be a teacher. God has called you to be a researcher. God has called you to be a doctor. God has called you to be a nurse. God has called you to be an entrepreneur. God has called you to be an assistant in a chemist shop. So what? That's what he's got for you. Be the best you can be. Make a difference. So when you walk in, they say, what is it about you? What is... When you walk in, things change. That's because... God's put something in me. And he wants me to be different so that you can be different. So that God can do something new. And so with all of this, you see, Noah was a man of passion. Every nail he knocked in, he knew he was getting closer to God doing something. Saving. See, it wasn't destroying the Noah, it was saving. And from that one man, we're here today. See the difference he made? See the difference that you can make? You don't know what's up ahead for you. So let me just say to you before we have a time of ministry, because I do feel that God wants to minister to you this morning. Let me just say to you, over the coming weeks, get a piece of paper, even if it's just for the next week, make it the next month. Some of you have already got in your mind, I'm going to get 365 pages do it. Do it. Tell me that you've done it. Great. You know, I can't give you any stars to put in your crown, but it would be great. Some of you already say, I'm going to do that for the next month. I'm going to do that over this coming week. Just do it. And write obedience on the top. Because I believe every month God's going to give a word for that month. For me anyway. 
And if you're connected, maybe God wants to do it for you too. But if he gives you your own word, go with it. Can you see? And, and just write down as you're reading the scriptures, write down the, the book to read over the coming weeks to the end of this month, three more weeks, end of this month. Read the book of Colossians. Read it. Then read it again. 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 You can read it in about 15 minutes. 20 minutes if you're a bit slower, but 15 minutes you'll get through it. So it didn't take long, but read it. Ask God to reveal things to you. Ask him to speak to you. And he will. He will. And as you read it, it's what you're doing is you're opening up a flow of his word into your life. And as he does, you will be enriched by it. Wouldn't that be wonderful? See, simple, not complicated. And you will find that You come into a relationship where God is speaking to you. You're walking in obedience. He is changing you, fashioning you. And then you realize and you think, man alive, look at the difference that's happening around me. Look at the difference in my family. Look at the difference in my relation. Look at the difference in our life group. Look at the difference in our church meeting. Look at the difference over just because I keep showing up because God's spoken to me. And I'm no longer praying like the insurance policy. I'm praying from a point of, God, what is it that you want to do for us? And then just doing it. Thanks for listening. Stay connected, be resourced and equipped by subscribing to our YouTube channel, our podcast channel, and following us on social media at Revival Fires on Instagram and Facebook. If you've been impacted by this ministry, why don't you consider investing and sowing a gift? Visit our website for details on how to give.